Okay, so one thing that I'm noticing is this whole um, idea of doing the parent coach thing. I had no idea how deep it would go because when I started, I was like, oh yeah, I just need to like wash through and get some therapy to kind of help cleanse out some of the act some of the experiences of the past six months, let's say. And then thankfully I have this coach person that's like, oh, hey, by the way, we don't even get to coaching. This is like a 12 week program and we don't even get to parent coaching until like week 10. The first 10 weeks are like all about just like self-concept, self-care, those kinds of things. And I'm like, that's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to just acknowledge the importance of like, oh, hey, by the way, you need to be a whole person before you can be in any other kind of person, right? So that's awesome. And then as I'm going through the podcast, which is so great, because I started off on like one of the most recent ones, um, and she's been doing this since 2021, right? So it's like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to have like a whole year's worth of episodes to go through. And so I'm going through first one, right? First one's all about what is positive parenting anyways? And as I'm like digesting this whole concept, I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. Like this is helping me see more clearly what what we're, we're working with here, right? And I guess it's so important to me because growing up, I only really ever saw the extremes, right? I saw the extremes of, you know, uh, a dad that, that was a refugee from a country that was communist, right? That, that ha- went through a cultural revolution. And so he raised me in a way that was very, in some ways you could call it permissive because he didn't want to indoctrinate me. He didn't want me to feel like I had to believe the same things he believed because that was kind of the environment he ran away from. He didn't believe in people squashing other people's freedom of thought and freedom of opinions and freedom of like the creative processes and freedom to believe and all of this kind of stuff, right? So in in one sense, you know, he was a carpenter, so I kind of perceive that he's kind of an artist kind of person, right? So he was kind of just that person that was just like loving and patient, but yeah, very clearly, no boundaries, no real guidance. Like even when I tried to push for guidance, there was always that back backdrop of like, well, actually, no, I'm not going to tell you what I think about this because I want you to think about what you think about about this, right? So it was just so very open. So in some ways that was very helpful for me because I was kind of one of those independent, stubborn-minded, like my way is the best way kind anyways. Like, so I wasn't really actually open to his opinions, even though I was trying to be, right? So in some ways it worked out in that sense, right? Um, but of course, like in moving forward, I'm kind of in this place of like, well, but that doesn't work for me in moving forward because I know the repercussions of what that life also turned out to be. I'm like this adult kind of person that has all these adult responsibilities that doesn't know how to be a fully functioning human being in a lot of ways. Like I don't know how to create a space for myself that I actually enjoy, right? I don't know any of those boundaries because I never got boundaries growing up of like, you need to get chores done by this time so that you can have a great day kind of thing. It was always like, actually, you don't ever have to do chores ever, right? For the whole 18 years of your life, you just never have to do them, like ever. And they're never something you even have to worry about. I almost wonder to myself if my parents were so overworked as children 
that they never conceived that they ever wanted to give that burden to their kids. So they just, you know, like pressed a button and had us connect with a button, like for all of our days, and then and then create this self entitlement all the time. And like, you know, there was a lot of parent hate culture in my house. My parents were constantly abused. Like they were constantly like beat on and hurt by their children. And like, there was just like so much screaming and yelling all the time, right? And it was like, there was just so much anger and so much contention and so much of that. And I think a lot of that was because of the permissiveness. There was no boundaries, there was no communication. There was just a lot of hate and screaming and a lot of like children that did not feel safe or secure, right? So that's like not what I want to pass on, right? Yes, there was the good and then there was the other. Um, then on the other side is like the fear-based, right? This concept of fear-based is like, oh, you take away this, you take away this. So then it's like very much forcing. So it's like, you know, my parents were very much not there because they were running away from that. They were running away from a government structure that was all about, oh, come into your house and burn all of your stuff, right? That didn't align to whatever like another person's agenda was of what they felt like needed to happen. So they were not that way at all, right? Like, because that's what they were running away from. And so, yeah, so like, so then sometimes every so often though, like, you know, there'd be an outburst and like one of my parents might take one of our things and like, and like literally like smash it to pieces, like with their feet or, or whatever, right? Because they were like upset that a certain amount of money was spent on this thing for us when it wasn't really like, allowed or okay by the other spouse, right? Like there was this weird contention thing, right? So then it was like, okay, yeah. Like I can understand that like the the reasons why different like unfortunate events happened was, was a lot based on this whole weird concept, not weird, but like concept that now I can now understand is like red, yellow, green zones, right? When a person is in a yellow or red zone, they do things that they wouldn't love to like pass on and say, oh, hey, by the way, you should try doing this one day, right? Like, it's not really like they're in their best self, right? But when a person is in their green zone, of course they're in their like top notch, oh, this is like the way I want to pass on my legacy, right? Those kinds of things. So anyways, I'm just feeling very grateful to kind of be in a place right now where I can look at all of that and be like, well, I've seen a little bit of both. And then if anything, like my natural tendency has a lot of the time been like the fear-based, you know? It's interesting how my parents ran away from that, but yet I still feel like communism and like all of those force kind of tactics are kind of in my blood, right? Every so often I just kind of feel like, I know I wasn't raised this way, but I, for some reason it feels so natural to me to just do this because it's just so frustrating when it doesn't work out any other way unless if I like push to make it happen, right? But then it doesn't really happen and work out either way, that way either. So then it's like, then I feel kind of hopeless, but thankfully you get to the, the end of the podcast where they're all about the whole point is for them to feel, for me to feel like safe and secure, right? And then for that to spill out, right? Or on into like trickling out and having that ripple effect, right? So then then I wonder to myself, it's like, 
It's like if I'm trying to create a space of like communication, relationship-based, all of these beautiful things, right? Lots of yeses, minimal noes, you know, like, like it makes me wonder, like how much more do I need to be soaking in my Sabbath day delighting, right? So I can really understand all the yeses and the minimal noes that my Heavenly Father gives to me, right? What does my relationship look like between him and me so that I can pass down those calm and orderly kinds of skills and like and principles into my daily life with my family, right? Like I'm I'm going into this phase of like a restoration of parenthood, you know, like where so much of parenthood over the years generationally have been so broken and so like destructive and so like lost, right? Very much just an apostasy of parenthood, right? And so I'm stepping into this like restoration of parenthood thing. And I'm trying to find it, right? Like, thankfully, got a little bit of a sense of it as I started to learn a little bit more about positive parenting, attachment parenting. Really, I kind of just see it as, like, being sealed to Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. And, like, really tapping into the juice of, like, who they are and what they mean to me and what are the yeses they are constantly giving me all day long because they honor my agency that much. And then where are the lines that they have drawn to show me these are the no's. If you can pay attention to these no's, that would be to your eternal benefit, right? But if you don't pay attention to them, you run the risk of not seeing us again, right? For eternity, right? Like, that's kind of a big deal, right? Like, you know, like when you go to your babysitters, you kind of expect that you'll see your parents again after. You don't expect that you're just gonna live the rest of your life with your babysitter, right? Like that's kind of this whole idea. It's like, we get to be in this earthly existence. Yes, there's a veil, there's this experience of being separated, but it, that's not the whole means to the end. That's not it. It's the means to help us have an opportunity to simulate opportunities for us to grow and become so that later on, then when we return back home again, we can have this great big discussion about how did it go, right? Like, what did you learn? And like, let's carry on now because you've gotten your experience, right? To, to kind of grow and become in a way that you wouldn't have been able to in any other circumstance, right? Like, like we needed to walk by faith. We needed to, to gain experience um, through just like that deep, desire to want to believe and want to try and and do all these things even when we didn't really know for sure if it would work out right but just but just by sheer love and belief and faith and hope and 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 then gaining charity and all of these things like it's such an, a wonderful simulative experience for us to really figure out what we're made of and what we were born to be like you know I feel like in heaven like before we came here it's like the choose choose um choose him again song it's like before we came here we all lived in heaven and and then there's this whole concept that like we get to live with him again right like like we will choose him again we chose him again then and we get to choose him again now right and so because of all those things it's like I can't afford to just be okay with like a fear-based 
style of like the apostasy style of parenting, right? Or the per permissive style, apostasy style of parenting, right? But I need to find out for myself, what does this restored parenthood style look like for me? But not like, kind of like what um, this coach that I'm following, like kind of like what she mentioned in another podcast, this whole idea of like, um, just like making sure that I'm not being crazy about it, you know? Realizing that like like sometimes people have a tendency when they start on this path of just trying to be better at something, they kind of get a little crazy. And they get to this point where they're like, oh, like and now that I kind of know some of this stuff, now that means that I need to be perfect at it, right? And so they wake up the next day and they get really hard on themselves thinking, oh, I need to be so good at this now. I need to be as if I've lived 20 years doing this, right? And then, and then falling short and then feeling like, oh, like what is going on? Like, I know this is good. So well, how come I can't just do it, right? And so just like giving myself the space to grow into it, like the space to actually like trial and error, to experience, to gain more knowledge, to discuss about it, to like, to just like grow. Right? Because like a seed, it, like yesterday we watched this beautiful little story. It's one of my favorites because I love this story about this little frog and toad, right? Like, and, and it's this toad guy that's just like learning how to grow his garden. So he puts his seeds in the garden and he, like at first he just yells at the seed and thinks that that's going to be how it works out. I know, you liked it too. But I'm not talking anymore about that. So then it's like, no, it's not gonna work to just yell at the seed to grow, right? So then over time, day by day, he just does his little things to, to hope that it'll help it grow. And then eventually after all this rain and all his, his waiting, it gets to this point where he's like, oh, it grew, right? And so that's kind of what I hope. I hope this can be like a seed for me, like an opportunity for me to just like put my seed in the ground and, and nurture it and allow for my desire to grow. So like, because that's what I noticed. It's like 18 years now, almost 18 years of having been baptized since I was like 15 years old. And, and that's pretty cool. Like I've been baptized for more years than I've been years alive not being baptized. So that's cool, right? And so now I'm at this stage in my life where I'm like, oh, I'm really starting to get a greater understanding about desire. And like that my desire is enough because by small and simple things are great things come to pass, right? So that's something that I'm really grateful for. Yeah.